Good afternoon, everyone. Hope you can hear me and hope everything's all right. As I've promised in the new year, I will stop incessantly being paranoid about whether or not the tech is working. What are we like, 75 episodes now in which it's most of the time been working. So hopefully I can stop being all needy with you in the new year. So our last episode of the year, and as it says in the bottom there, it says 12.30 till 1. I am not confident that we'll finish at one o'clock today because I've got some brilliant guests that I want their thoughts and feelings and reflections on the year. And so uh, I definitely want to get stuck into that. And if that goes over time, that goes over time. We're just going to indulge it for Christmas. Thank you so much to all of you that have joined me, not just on this show, but across all the other work that we do. It's been a fascinating year and uh, one of massive challenge. And so there's various different support networks that have emerged. And certainly for me, the opportunity to broadcast in this novel way, but also the, to, another opportunity for me to promote some of the brilliant people that are in my network who are doing great work to raise standards, not just in the MSK industry, but in education, in healthcare in general, for the betterment of society. It's just an exciting opportunity for me. And it's another way in which you know I chanced it and, and did some pilot episodes and, and it's come good. The fact that people have, you know, listening in live and, and engaging as they are doing, but then also then people listening in their commutes and getting back to me about how they feel and what recommending topics, submitting questions. And then obviously we put that out as an audio podcast so that we're trying to improve accessibility. Uh, people in other nations, in other time zones, then being able to get hold of it so they're not feeling obliged to join us at lunchtime uh, in the UK. It's just been a fascinating exercise for us and, and certain surprises for me as well. It's just how, uh, how people have been receiving it. Not always perfectly agreement, of course. It's been a good point of debate, really, in many ways. But just the, the, the fact that people are engaging in this stuff because obviously I think it matters uh, and you guys do too. So that's been really brilliant. And I think what's good about today's show is I've got some of my my favorite folk whose who's takes on the world and takes on these things are really important to me. And some people as well in the, in the mixer, well, I'd say actually, I'll look at them there in the lobby. They're, they're all people that when I look on at their, uh, their, their headshots there in the, uh, in the lobby, I'm probably making a mess up. They're eating, eating the snacks. Uh, I don't know if the toilet's working out in the lobby. So yeah, don't make too much of a mess guys, but they, these are people who, um, whose views are so important to what I'm doing because they really are, and especially some of them who I've met this year, they've really helped to influence and, and, and sort of colour the world in which we're, we're in right now and for the better. These are people that have taken opportunities and are, are trying to promote messages at a time where the need is high, at a time where people would might otherwise skulk away and, and hide, and understandably so, for no, you know, for no fault of their own, people needed to double down uh, and, and sort of protect Whereas actually these are people that have shared and innovated and, and, uh, and, and to do so is such an exciting thing that this terrible year has presented with it many opportunities. And these are the people that have taken us up on it. Before I do bring them in, I just want to take a few minutes to sort of reflect on key moments uh, as I see it. I promised I would. And so I made a few scribbles. The first thing is, of course, that the, the world has been affected. And so MSK and all the various things that I'm talking about on a more regular basis have been colored by the coronavirus pandemic. And so without getting into too much of it, well, it sort of feels a hell of a long time ago and is a long time ago since I first was one of the idiots that felt like they were sounding an early alarm and coming across as a bit of a clown in February saying this is going to change the world, I promise. You know, homeschool your kids if you can and getting the hate mail that came from that. Oh, easy for you to say with babies at home, you know, it's uh, you're being a drama queen. And so then we entered into something that I think now um, it was fair to say I, I probably underestimated it, never mind over. Now, it's also then gone the full way in which I was someone that I feel like, especially when we didn't understand this and we thought it might be second coming of Ebola in the Western world and that this was going to kill 3% of the population. It was going to disrupt us in, in immeasurable ways. We're all going to know and lose 
loved ones uh, very directly. Um, that was something that was was pretty terrifying. And also, I understand the infrastructure and the circumstances and the politics that came downstream of that. Unfortunately, I've then also on this show and elsewhere been critical of the incoherence of not just the politics, but also the the underneath that with the civil service and the quangos. I just can't understand or understand the coherence. And the lack of coherence underneath that is something that I feel has been really frustrating and challenging in such a way that there hasn't been an appropriate cost-benefit analysis. And I feel that essentially uh, there are there is a lack of accountability in the system then, uh, which I think has really directly affected things, including in MSK practice in terms of new ways of working being things that aren't we haven't been able to take those opportunities because on a governance level there are a lack of comprehension of graded functional rehabilitation integration of virtual and in-person tools unfortunately that opportunity has knocked and has not that, that call has not been answered i'm mixing my metaphors there aren't i but yeah that's a, a real shame for me you know i think that the there is evidence in various different ways including in some of the work i've been doing especially early in the pandemic there is no evidence I've seen, uh, unfortunately, that the health quangos and the powers that be in the arm length bodies that wield power in healthcare in the UK and therefore fund healthcare, public healthcare in the UK, truly comprehend rehabilitation, who, who can deliver it, how we might scale individualized, personalized care in such a way for the betterment of, of true wellness. Uh, and that's been a downside, I would say, uh, to what has happened. And unfortunately, whilst opportunities not, it sort of worries me that we might not have the infrastructure uh, in place to do that and therefore, here, here lies the challenge for reformers uh, in our network to try and make sure we make that case. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope that analysis is too pessimistic. But unfortunately, I've seen little evidence that, that, that these things are going to make sense. And I think that does actually also bleed into the politics of it. Now, unfortunately, she can't join us today. But Gemma Oliver would be saying, no, Jack, everyone's doing their best. Chill out. And I love her optimism. And I, I hope she's right. I really do. I promise you that. The second thing is, of course, and it'd be remiss if I was to reflect on the year and not mention the tragic murder of George Floyd and the way in which that moved the world, and rightly so, and made everyone reflect and challenge themselves in understanding their own biases and also the way in which that sometimes the uh, analogy being that, that we might be in the same storm, but we're in different ships. Um, and that is something that has been really interesting for people to reflect on and things that we've touched on on physiomatters, on chewing it over and elsewhere. I think one of the things that I do think is I sometimes would relevantly couple those two variables the pandemic and also then the timing and context of which what happened with george floyd in that video rightly going viral across the world and bringing most of us to tears in the i feel i feel look, unfortunately it also has given some organizations and institutions the opportunity to double down on the edi agenda by by that being because of their analysis of a very complex problem they've been able to put their blinkers on parrot certain lines from certain books from certain people and give a really narrow analysis of one thing that they've been able to oversimplify in order not purposely or consciously but some deflection from the wider macro variables of healthcare in the UK and that's unfortunate and we need to make sure we call that out where we see it and certainly something we'll be doing on this show and beyond is that when these complex things present themselves we need to make sure that we're analyzing these as thoroughly as they deserve in order to not come to rash and clumsy conclusions just because they might be fashionable and that's the thing where unfortunately i think the context of those two things is very relevant and so we need to make sure we have better conversations into next year and as you've heard me rail against in this show the minute that you see conviction in light of complex topics you know someone's full of shit and uh, and that might include me and that's why we always make sure that i'm held accountable by our guests as well as then the comments that come in and the plenty of hate mail and fan mail that i uh, receive of course now the final thing as well is that a point of a point of hype and ha happiness for me is of course digital education is something that is the only show in town in many ways at the moment and so we were well placed to produce content and also create innovations such as say therapy live or 
for the rehab recruits campaign and various different things that we're able to move people online and then even chewing it over might be an example of that and so the the, the, the happiness in my in my side of things is that essentially you've had this proliferation of content and what i think will happen uh, if, if the mechanisms are as they have been over the years is that with quantity will also bring itself quality and that they uh, that you guys as consumers can be appropriately informed and start to then understand how you want to receive information and how you can participate and engage in information to truly democratize the conversation in such a way that we can not just flatten hierarchies for hierarchy's sake but also notice injustices and in and unfairness where it exists and really try to fight against it and i don't just mean that in a sort of shaking my fist class politics of this i'm just meaning in a basic sense that we all should feel valid and have rights to do that and the people that we represent and people that we're trying to support especially in healthcare, that sometimes can't even speak for themselves if we notice those injustices and we feel that we can have a voice and that digital technologies are able to help us bring that forward then sometimes the ability for us to step up in that is quite exciting and there's some great examples sitting in the lobby that can put themselves in that uh, who, who embody that far better than i can and i just i'm delighted to have a megaphone i can hand over to them on, on certain occasions so with that said that's my little reflection um i said five minutes i bet you didn't believe me uh but has been i promise right so let me hide this frame and hopefully it floods everyone into here who have we got where's that where's that guest for joe tender there she is right lovely right hi guys wave if you can hear me fantastic lovely okay so we're better off doing a bit of a round of intros i haven't got your names up there so i'll try and work out how to do that but especially off the last part i've just said there and also i invite you all to bloody say look i don't know what you've been doing if you've just heard me say that and you want to disagree with all of it now's your time now, now's your time i'm not trying to bandwagon you onto all those opinions of course so please do push back if you feel you want to but alistair i wondered if you could just quickly introduce yourself if you don't mind but i want you to please if you would speak to that last point i made about um because I feel like one of the things that kinship between us is that, you know, that, that fight for injustice and speaking for those that can't speak for themselves is sort of central to some of your work. And I wondered if you could just reflect back on 2020 in that context for me, if you don't mind. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jack. Uh, so my name is Alistair Beverly. Um, I am self-styled on social media as the LD Physio because um, I'm creative. I specialise in working with people with learning disabilities, um, but I do do work in neuro and MSK as well outside of things. Um, I work at a further education college for people with specialist needs that include learning and physical disabilities. Um, so in the same way that you and I could finish our GCSEs or O-levels or whatever and go to college, we at the place I work offers that um, educational opportunity to those young people. And I run a department of 10 staff um, therapists looking to try and mitigate the impact of the physical disabilities that are associated with these people. Um, and mit minimize the impact that that has on their learning and try and make so that people can be the best that they can be. If you've ever tried to go to work, whatever, with a pain in your neck or tried to pay attention in a maths lesson at school when you were in pain or tired or whatever, you know how much it impacts and the people we work with have already got an inherent deficit for want of a better phrase in their ability to take on new information. So anything that we can do to mitigate anything else that would impact on that is, is where we're about. Um, so I think looking back on 2020 myself, I think, I'll start off with, you know, the, the two biggest points I think that will come out for me. And one is, it's my favourite word in the world that I seem to use quite a lot. Um, it's not because I like the word, but inequality. And I think just to pick up on what you were talking about, Jack, um, you know, I work with people who are some of the most marginalised in society, um, many of whom don't have a voice. Some have a, do have a voice and hopefully we're trying to, trying to gain a platform for that. And the idea of me setting up as this LD physio was to try and advocate for change 
change from within. I didn't necessarily see that there was a lot of people out there looking at how we could there's a lot of families and a lot of self-advocates talking about change but nobody from within professional circles so i thought you know let's let's look at that and i think the inequality has been it's been amplified i think by the pandemic um so much so just to give you a couple of stats you know people with learning disabilities as a whole demographic are six times more likely to die from the coronavirus pandemic than the general population men aged 18 to 34 are 30 times more likely to die to have uh, to contract and die from the from COVID-19 than people without learning disabilities um, and I think that's a shocking statistic and I think yeah, throughout this this year there's been you know inaction I think from as you mentioned about quangos I think social services have got a large play a large part to play in that as well you know there were the social care easements earlier on in the year which you know left a lot of families high and dry in terms of care um, and that's been a real challenge I think for us we like a lot of physio clinics moved on to virtual platforms and with some trepidation to be honest because we were worried about building engagement and continuing that engagement with the people we work with um but it was been really positive on the whole really really positive i think it's given us a greater insight into what it is what goes on behind the scenes you know we see people for one two hours a week in our gym and it's all hunky-dory come on crack on but we don't see the whole person and the whole situation um and so I think for us it's definitely given us a bigger a greater understanding of the whole network that surrounds that individual um and has hoped you know that it's sort of spurred me on to to host this um little web chat series called tough topics in ld where we look at uh, one of the ones we're trying to edit at the moment is looking at bridging the gap um with a lady called rachel wright born at the right time about looking at whether we can whether there's a narrative that we can harness between the system and families to make it so that they're not so juxtaposed all the time and fighting against each other. I think on a more positive note, I think the key, another key word for me this year will be flexibility. And I think, you know, the, the people that I work with, um, I do have great pride in their ability to adapt and think on the fly. And I think that's probably something that a lot of people who work in teams can resonate with. You know, Jack, you are, I think you are the, the master of thinking on your feet and adapting um, and coming up with new ideas such as this, uh, that's been fantastic. Um, and I think, yeah, along with that pride, I think, has, has, has come with a knowledge and an understanding that we have to do more and that, you know, there are still physios out there who work in learning disability practice who are not back to face to face. And, you know, we, and that's fine. But a lot of people we work with need that. They need that social side of things. They need somebody to be with them because they won't engage. It's not it's not a one size fits all approach virtual sessions. And so I think, you know, moving towards the end of this year, I've recognised that there's a lot of skill sets and skills that we have within this area of practice that I think mainstream physiotherapy can learn from around communication, rapport building. Um, and hopefully moving into 2021, we will start to um, showcase some of those skills and start put some things out there um, that, you know, that are more relevant to mainstream practice. Yeah, well, I definitely want to get stuck into some of the 2021 uh, projections and stuff from all of you when we do a, a bit of a second lap, if that's all right. But thank you for that. That was a really great starting off point and one that really does get that balance of, yes, opportunity, but also some costs and things that we need to not be complacent of and and, 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 and not to notice where the new challenges have, have been uh, unequally distributed uh, across various different communities. So, Jane, I want to bring you in. Uh, thank you for joining us. A returning guest, of course, on, on Tune It Over. Um, we last spoke about um, students and placements and innovations in that direction. And so here we are a few months later, having having done some very significant innovations in that space. How's things been in higher education and how's the placement landscape looking for it? 
Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for having me back. I have I apologised, but I literally have five minutes. Oh. But um, the uh, yeah, I mean, everything I suppose is carrying on, and I think the 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 biggest thing for me is similar to you, Alistair, really, is, is the adaptability, flexibility, resilience, really, as well, particularly students being forced to kind of um, self-isolate repetitively through the year as well. Like we have some students who have had to self-isolate three, four times, you know, because everybody now is getting randomly tested in the NHS, regardless of whether they've got symptoms. So if one student tests positive and then they live in a shared house with another six physio students that are all out on placement, then they've all got to self-isolate for two weeks. So it's, it's I suppose the resilience the students have shown by carrying on with that but also the, the clinicians in practice have been amazing in supporting these students to kind of almost like a blended placement between face to face and then a bit of um, doing some project work and linking in with them at home. They've had some students doing some amazing things um, outside of a face to face clinical environment um, and just people rise into the challenge. So um, I, I kind of had a little bit of a, a few placed students left to place uh, in October and I was let down by someone and then kind of, you know, pulled in a few favours and Jack and, and Matt Fox, who's another local physio to us, took some students in a situation and an environment that we'd not had students in before. And well, I, I'm yet to find out exactly because I've not spoken to Jack fully about it, but I think the experience has been amazing. And the students have had such a diverse experience that they would never have had before. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think, again, it's just thanking all of those clinicians out there who've risen to the challenge and the students as well who've ended up doing placements that they never signed up for. You know, it wasn't on their radar when they came to physio school that they might be going with Naomi McVeigh on a leadership placement, <laughs> you know, but um, yeah. but the, the, some of the opportunities that, that have been awarded to people that have just kind of thought outside the box and been really flexible. It's been fab. And and I think on a positive note as well, things have changed massively for, for us. Um, but a lot of those things have been really good and I don't think we'll go back to how we were before. I think we'll continue to give all these different opportunities to students and we'll continue to do some online learning as well. I think a lot of there's a lot of bonuses of, you know, being able to 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 engage with people in an online platform rather than always being in a face to face classroom or a big lecture theatre where maybe you're just, you know, one person in a sea of people where you don't necessarily get any benefits from that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been an interesting one. And certainly what I'm realising is that the students themselves have had to be incredibly adaptable and, and also forgiving of the chaos that occurs and the parameters that normally places and including us would, you know, we've set up parameters and systems that will protect them from said chaos. But unfortunately, it's been chaotic by design. And so their understanding, including of recent students, has been phenomenal, including, unfortunately, this conversation. So they were and may still join us in this but some knobhead didn't send them the link until just now. Um, <laughs> and so that's an example uh, of, of the chaos they've had to tolerate. Now, funnily enough, it looks like they are now in the lobby. So hopefully I can bring in Megan and Georgia, who have been our students. And so uh, apologies, girls. Hopefully you can hear us. Can you hear me? Georgia, Megan, can you hear me? No. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't look like they can. can Hi, girls. <laughs> can you see us? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? <laughs> can you hear us, girls? We can't hear anything. We can't hear anything. Oh, we can hear you. We can hear you. Oh, can you? It's all yeah. crackling. We're really struggling. You getting, you getting, can you hear me? Is that better? 
we can't hear a word. You can't hear anything we're saying. Okay, well, we've just me... been saying how how adaptable. And do you know, I keep saying to students, they they there are concerns about you know not getting experiences that they think they'll need in practice because everything's been so different. And I keep saying to them, but the experiences you're having and the and you know the learning that you're doing and the thinking on your feet and adapting to situations is is phenomenal and it's going to give you amazing skills that will be so transferable into the into the future. Um, you know, I think you're all amazing. Now. Does that mean they can hear us? Yeah, we can now. Ah, brilliant. Right, girls, I'm just apologise to everyone that, that no, it's my sorry. fault that I didn't send you the link until now. And I said it was an example of just how disorganised, unfortunately, you've, you've seen us be in your placement, but you've been incredibly tolerant and, and put up with us. How's it been to have uh, uh, such a, a different style of placement this year? Um, yeah, so it's been really good. I think because we live together, it's really helped the situation, to be honest. Um, I would definitely maybe consider that moving forward for other students on this kind of placement if they do live together because it's been a lot of help with each other and um, organising but it's been really interesting to kind of see a different side of physio um, and it's definitely an experience that we've had that other people won't have so obviously times aren't brilliant with Covid and it's not ideal for the face-to-face -face aspect but we've learned a lot of skills that um, are obviously going to be transferable moving forward especially with the pandemic and stuff so We've had a really nice time. It's just been a bit chaotic, but it's been really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, editing podcasts and moving large videos from one place to another is such a unique skill for uh, <laughs> help, of course. But uh, clinically, you guys have been brilliant. It's been fantastic. And you know those moments and breakthroughs we've had in recent weeks where I've been, like, celebrating. These girls can think. They're reasoning. They're putting this together and the ability for us to get patients together, but also use them and leverage them for case studies when things are a bit thinner on the ground in terms of the frequency. Um, and uh, and making sure that you know we're all we're all more uh, au fait with death toll than we used to be. So there's lots of practical skills that running a clinic now involves that you guys have been exposed to. But thank you to you and to all students really for being so understanding of the circumstances and taking the opportunities when they present themselves. Because it would have been easy for if we were all being held to standards that we used to be, including by students, then uh, that would have been really tr really tough for everyone, and no one would have got anything out of it. So I really appreciate what you've done there. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much for your help. Nice well, Jane, I know you need to go, and girls, please, you know, don't. You can hang around if you like, but you can don't feel obliged to. I'm going to now move straight to the other guests. But Jane, thanks for thanks again. Thank you, well. thanks Have very much. Nice I'll, I'll listen back later. <laughs> See ya. Right, girls, speak now. Do you want to stay, or do you want to go? <laughs> what time have we got? We have got another call at, well, five minutes, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's all right. You've got to clear We're off. You've got some work to do with Matt Fox. Yeah, don't <laughs> compromise your grades at this <laughs> late hour, all right? Take care. Thanks See a lot. You. See you later. See you. See you for stars. Right. Then there were three. Um, Joe, can I come to you next, please? Certainly uh, now a veteran of the Chewing It Over uh, show. <laughs> Helps come, joins me on Wednesdays for Wellbeing Wednesdays and, and uh, certainly one of those characters I was mentioning in the intro that, that, I've, caught, that I've ended up on my radar and I think we've, we've spoken plenty in recent months and, uh, and, and got to know each other a little well. I think I'd love to know your general take on, on the year, especially with you being a, a coach as well as a physio and what your general thoughts are looking backwards. Yeah, sure. Um, so... Alistair picked a couple of words I think I wasn't going to, but I guess um, if I was going to, a word for me this year is connection, um, which isn't a huge surprise. And it was something I was very aware of personally and professionally 
before um, this year, but I've, I've realized that even as someone who seeks out connection with other human beings, I had been doing it in quite a small world for many years um, and, and hadn't really been forced to analyze that until COVID hit. Um, and I, I think only now do I realize how dissatisfying that was. Um, and you have, I think on one of your shows this week, um, Jack, you referred to the slight bizarre nature of, um, of Gemma's amazing Facebook group, which we all agree is amazing, but the bizarre thing is that we needed it. And it was almost to me like a dam that had just been opened and we we're all like, wow, <laughs> thank God we have a platform to communicate with each other and to ask questions and to do things, crazy things like tell each other when we don't know the answer to stuff and, and admit that and ask. And it is absolutely bonkers when you look at it for a profession of communicators um, to have been in that that situation. And I completely agree that it is a bit bizarre that it's it's this Facebook group which has highlighted that. Um, but I think it's I think that COVID in its severity gave us permission to do that because I think it's the first situation where we've all realised that we don't know what we're doing um, and that everybody is probably feeling a little uneasy and therefore it's okay to say that you do too and to ask for help and admit that you've, you know, some days you've just got no idea. So I think weirdly it almost had to escalate to this level for us to come out of our clinics and our clinic rooms and, and admit that we needed to talk to each other and, and seek each other's advice. Um, I, I won't go into what I would like because I know you're going to ask us that next, but I, I think it's just, it's cranked open a door a little bit. I think there's a hell of a lot further to go. But for me, I'm, I'm really, really pleased that um, that connection between uh, not just physios, but other health professionals has, has had to occur in this year. Yeah. It's a really good point, isn't it? I think it, because it was so novel and so exposing that it meant that people felt comfortable sharing the fact that they were uneasy and needing help. And, and that then hopefully sets a precedent for them to be more open and honest and also recognising that, oh, there's more that feel this way, actually, that there's more smoke and mirrors to underneath all of our behaviours than we ever realised. So, yeah, I'll definitely want to come back to you to that. Uh, now, for those of you that uh, it's been interesting because this show, especially with it being our bumper special final edition, from what I can tell from the numbers, because this goes out on seven different channels, we're looking at sort of the, the dizzy heights of, of higher live figures than usual. But because there's multiple guests on, you lot are much quieter in the chat than usual, even though there's more of you. So let me just put, force a question down your necks. And I want you to set, share with me wherever you listen to this in the comments section as to what your key highlights and lowlights might be for 2020. Just give your take on the matter as well as then what you want from next year. So it can be in one word answers. Uh, your li highlights real however it wants but please do if you're listening to this live then share with us your thoughts and reflections if you don't mind it can be as long or as short as you like um, but yes Mike we work we've worked together for a while now in various different capacities and uh, and we've had such interesting an interesting year and, and projects that we started that were started and planned in the context of uh, of no pandemic and that have had to be versatile and adapt but uh, how's the year been for you and what's your general hot take across all sorts of things yeah thanks jack thanks everyone um christmas tends to be quite a reflective time for me so um it's something i i do in depth probably more than some but this year has been months worth of reflecting to come up with these thoughts so um i think i want to keep it positive um but as most of you know i work predominantly in private practice across the professions so 
I think it'd be remiss and false of us not to just tip our hat and acknowledge that sadly for for some in 2020 they've they've gone out of business it's been a really tough time and they've struggled and we hope that some of those can bounce back and come back into the industry into 2021 um but for those who've been able to do to do well out of it i think the key word and jane mentioned it was opportunity and it was opportunity to change i think certainly on a on a personal level um one of my big learning points and reflections has been that I've always been someone who um, found working from home quite hard. So I, even if I was working from home on a day, then I would normally sit in a coffee shop or somewhere. But 2020 certainly allowed me to learn to love being at home a bit more, whether that's weekends, evenings, and uh, or professionally. So, so that's one of my personal reflections. Professionally, then um, there's a, there's a few I've listed down. So I think first off, my big take home. Uh, it's the big positive I've seen from the years is the power that we've seen with the therapy industry learning to collaborate more than be competitive. It isn't an us or them. It isn't we're better than you or you're not as good as us or this hierarchical system that we, we tend to struggle to try and, and beat down. We've seen that people embrace that actually if we just communicate and we work together and we share ideas, whether that's therapist to therapist, whether that's profession to profession, or even, and this is probably one of the big take-homes, the sort of professional associations to professional associations. We've seen so much more collaboration. And, and when we do chat about 2021, then that's hopefully something I think and hope continues. You can start um, us off then, mate, on that, actually. If you can just give us a bit of a projection forward as to how that then evolves into a better 2021, then we'll start from there. Yeah, I think what we've seen is, is we've seen that people in 2020 have been brave and inventive in the things they do, whether that's individually with online face-to-face, -face, the online CPD stuff. And we've seen a big swing in the pendulum of change. And that's what we've seen these professional associations do. What I hope 2021 gives us is a bit more equilibrium, a bit of a happy balance, a happy medium somewhere in the middle where people find that little sweet spot that they're happy. And this will be a different sweet spot for different people but it'll find a place where the old and the new can sort of coexist nicely. There are things that we've done individually and professionally in the past that probably still is the right way to move forward. But then we've seen these inventive ways of, of trying new things. So I hope to see now is that if and when the cloud of COVID lifts and, and finally buggers off, we don't slip back into our silos, into our echo chambers, back into our ivory towers where all the things that we came, you know, we, we don't want to be that sort of, um, I've, I've just been watching a program on Netflix about the Saxons. And um, it was all about these standalone kingdoms united when the Vikings and the Danes came over. But as soon as the war was won, they all slipped back into their little kingdoms, had this infighting and sort of secular sort of battles. And it's made me really think about the therapy world, you know, let's not all slip back into our little kingdoms when this, Viking invader that is COVID has left our shores until the next one comes along. You know, maybe we'll retreat slightly, but also maybe we'll unify and realize that uh, to grow and to develop both individually and as a collective, then continuing to keep those lines of communications open, continuing to um, think of innovative and, and not innovative ways to survive, but innovative ways to 
just be more consistent in the way we communicate and develop or the big development in 2021. Yeah, and no, I think it's a lovely point and, and reiterated in the in the chat function by a few folk, including David Wilson. Multi-professional collaboration and action, primary care coming together and pushing forward action to implement change quickly. Yeah, there's been many times that we've said about systems and many things that I've shaken my fist at over the years that people say it just takes time. We can't move that quickly. But unfortunately, the, you know, this unprecedented times has meant unprecedented scales and rates of change as well, which has proven that it can be done. Now, can it be done well is the next question, and we need to try and work that out. Communications coming up and collaborations coming up on a regular basis in this conversation, as well as across all people's reflections over this week. So, Ali, I want to bring you back in on this and say, what's what's because you, you're you, a lot of what your work is is about trying to improve communication interprofessionally and trying to raise awareness and standards, but also highlighting that in your sphere, communication is you know, nine tenths of it. You know, it sort of really is a really important way of doing it. So, is there opportunities there because of everyone realizing and being humbled by the need to collaborate and communicate better? Is that an opportunity for you and your work to try and cut through that bit more? I, I certainly think so. And I think I've seen, particularly on social media in the last sort of 12 months, a bit of a transition from the clinical aspect to, you know, are we dealing with what's your protocol for an ACL rupture back to return to play, for example, to much more from a lot of prominent people on social media. Why don't we spend time listening to the patient? Why don't we spend time understanding the patient? Why don't we focus on building rapport? And if people go back to what, uh, back when I was on the, the Physio Matters podcast a year and a half ago, I spoke about all those things and I felt a little bit like it was sort of it was a bit of a damp squib then to be honest because people were still so focused on the individual critical things and not seeing the bigger picture and seeing the person and as you say that is what our practice is all about and this is one of the reasons why I started you know to try and speak out a little bit is because I think there are skill sets that are bread and butter to physios working and learn disabilities that we can we can share that information and you know similar to what mike was saying I, I, my whole premise is about trying to improve education and understanding amongst mainstream healthcare services starting with physio but you know ending wherever um i think i put i only want to transfer healthcare 1.5 million people with no budget in my spare time um so you know <laughs> how, how hard can it be but you know i think my hopes for 2021 are are that increase of awareness of of putting the person first and seeing the person rather than seeing the clinical condition that is presented in front of you, whether that's stroke, whether that's uh, low back pain, whether that is somebody with complex quadriplegic cerebral palsy, I don't know. But but looking at the person, um, and I think, you know, as I move into 2021 personally, you know, hopefully we're working on, on launching a website and, and you know, I've been, Mike's had me on um, Sports Injury Fix podcast, thankfully this last year, I forgot to mention that as well. Um, and you know, hopefully, just try and get a little bit more exposure. And it's again, it's not exposure for me; it's exposure so that the next person you see, you can apply the skills that we've talked about to that person, and it will enhance every clinical engagement that you have from here and into the time you retire. Absolutely, no, that's really a good point. And there's some great comments coming in, including this one uh, from Taufik on uh, on LinkedIn. Meaning he's just naming because I asked the the audience as to what they feel has come of this year, and there's a good example that he's given about an app that's uh, called Soothe, which is for mental health and using technology uh, for the betterment of uh, mental health care in that instance. But of course, I think all of us have recognized that the appropriate and nexus between technology and clinical practice, the, the robots and humans interface type thing working better because we kind of had to. And uh, that's something that we need to try and use to, to great effect as well. Um, because I think, you know, the reason why that comment was really interesting is because there are certain areas, be that mental health, be that learning disability, of course, there's incredible overlap between those two variables there. But it's more that sometimes people say, oh, well, that 
that's a niche or something like that. Whereas actually there's a phenomenal amount of, uh, you know, that's it's weird blinkers to suggest that that shouldn't matter because it's a smaller than the whole, but also the learning that can occur from some of the things that we might do and the changes that we might do to try and make care better in that space will be a benefit from all. The, the tide would rise all ships, really, if we paid more attention to some of those things that otherwise have been considered niche. And, and, and speaking of that then, Joe, I, I want to think about how some of our conversations on and off air, really, have, have involved that, really, is to think about things that you might otherwise have, have allowed to just rumble on or not to truly interrogate your own sort of thinking and biases and things like that. That's an area where, because of somewhat under duress, we've all needed to soul-search think about what really matters to us etc and i know i don't want to ask you for your new year's resolution uh for various reasons but i do want you to just give your take on what might be in 2021 based on some of that analysis that you've shared with us over the last few yeah months. no well i will respond to the new year's resolution thing because as you know i'm not big on you know making a load now and, and lots of short-term decisions but just um reflecting what what mike said about us not retreating um, you know, COVID is not a gift, let's not be disingenuous, but it has shaken, let's use snow globe, it's Christmas, it's shaken the snow globe up um, and everything is all over the place at the moment and we could just retreat back and, and wait for it all to settle and go back to our comfortable places. But I totally agree with Mike. I mean, goodness, I, I've been waiting for some things to change for 20 years. You know, I, I remember studying pain mechanisms um, in the late 90s, thinking, yes, this structural model thing, it it's, doesn't make sense. It's going, we're going to change. And we're still having those conversations and other things haven't changed. We're still so desperate to be right that that dictates the style with which we communicate with each other that has started to change so for goodness sake let's keep these balls rolling and when we are communicating with each other yes it's nice to be right but let's be a bit braver let's be a bit more curious let's be kind there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> um and you know exactly as alistair says there are so many little pockets of genius within physio no wonder we struggle with identity because our identity is actually made up of some magnificent things in all these little pockets that we, we haven't shared enough there's an awful lot of carryover but there's also things you know I don't understand some of the brilliant things that Alistair does and I would love to know and I can totally see how that would feed into MSK not least that ability to listen to your patient more but let's listen to each other more as well yeah. and to start with um, I would say it's tempting to rush headlong into 2021 and none of us are disagreeing here i think we all know the direction of travel we'd like things to go in but i think over christmas new year let's just stop and breathe and not just within healthcare but in the world i think the the reason you go back into silos is because that's a quick snappy decision and it's what you know i i would be so disappointed if things in the world and in healthcare didn't change just because we're so desperate to keep keep running i think i think we just need to stop and go yeah. What, what was that what what just happened to us what, what was good what was bad what do we want to change and and how do we actually make sure that happens 
Yeah, there was a lovely lady called Noctula who came on the podcast uh, when we were doing these emergency episodes at the start of the pandemic, really, and they'd set up this quarantine program trying to uh, get people moving and things and giving them some access. And and she mentioned that the fact that there was a point in which she felt that there was this social media was proliferating with what she called productivity porn, essentially people then um, suggesting, you know, I'm getting after it, why aren't you, and putting pressure on people and guilting them into thinking that they needed to be incredibly productive. And she was just saying, well, no, this appropriate reason for this to be a time of chaos for us to make sure we take a moment to not burn ourselves out and what you're describing there is something that is a risk if people think all right i'm gonna the, the, the day job might be quieter for a couple of weeks so i'm just gonna sort of strategize be that home or or for work is, is actually something that we don't want people to overindulge in that way you know it can be a useful time for reflection and do that if you wish but generally speaking don't allow yourself that pressure on your shoulders because it needs to be a time for for you uh, if ever there is one and so i think that's a really really lovely point and being agreed for as well in the uh, in the comments Gemma's mentioned an agreement with Alistair she says that it's a shame it's taken for a global pandemic for us to realize to focus on people rather than conditions or rather than uh, narrow focus of academic interests and that's absolutely right David Wilson thanks for your comments David it's been interesting to see today he said that I think that's right working remotely not seeing the problem as clinicians we hear the patient better we understand the problem and impact he said he thinks his spidey sensors are better uh, for doing so, which I think is interesting how these things influence us in terms of our instincts. And I think that that's a really useful one is it's made us all <coughs> naturally reflect a bit more carefully because we've had to heighten our senses. And I think that's a really lovely point. Um, so on, on that then, I just want to uh, finally uh, throw it out to, to each of you, um, but in whatever order of which you wish, as to what uh, what you feel we might do, especially for this conversation, you've all been part of it, and I don't just mean chewing it over here as well, of course, it means that just our general model of broadcast associated to Physio Matters and beyond through Therapy Live and all the opportunities we've tried to share good ideas and challenge bad ones, whether you see this opportunity that knocks uh, there for what we should do either differently or continue to do into the new year. So I'm being a bit self-indulgent now and trying to get a bit of a feedback loop going, but where do you see this and other things that we've been doing uh, and how could they improve? Hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first if, if unless anyone else wants to. Um, I think that, um, you know, you, you guys were almost primed for this year. You've been challenging things and being inventive for, for a long, long time. Um, we've chatted before, and I know one of the things you've mentioned, Jack, which is exactly what I think is the right plan, is next year should hopefully give you longer and more time to prepare some of the things that this year were successful and helpful for the industry based on ridiculously tight timescales. So I would almost say that rather than changing things or doing things differently, I'm excited to see what you do with the same formats in more time with more preparation and more thought. That's a good point. And thank you for that. That's a really decent thing for you to hold us to because that's an easier one to do it. If we had to innovate under the same timescales as we did the last year, then that would put me in the ground, I think. So, yeah, I'm excited to see, especially the, the thoughtfulness we can apply to some of the similar principles now that we've got the foundations down. I think it'd be really cool. And I'm really looking forward to that too. So, no, thanks, mate. And thanks for all you've been involved in supporting us with. Uh, who's next? Do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say yes, uh, building what Mike just said, trust yourselves. You've coped with this year. Um, trust yourselves to to cope with what comes next. Uh, I'm going to say an easier year. No, I'm not going to say that. We said that last year, didn't we? <laughs> We're going to trust yourselves to cope with whatever will come. 
Um, and I'm just going to, with my bias, just champion for a moment more women, Jack, need more women stepping up and appearing on these shows. Um, it isn't that scary. Jack's pretty nice to you. <laughs> um, not just women, but, you know, the, the quiet, the thoughtful, the introverted people. Let's hear from you because you are so often the ones with the absolute gold ideas. Um, and I would love to hear more from the students and the, the young physios because it's always so exciting to hear what's going on in their heads when they're not some encumbered by all the boring things that the rest of us deal with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great point. And certainly, yeah, make that known. It's an open invite. We're really uh, trying to encourage people to come along. We understand it can be a bit of a daunting thing, it being live. And hopefully I'm not too scary, but sometimes the format is, or maybe even I am. So if there's any ways in which we can make it more accessible, then let us know. But generally speaking, we want to air, air all good ideas. And that includes all personality types and dispositions. And so it's a really good point, Joe. Alistair, then, you, uh, you've had more time than most to think about that. What's your answer? I, re I require more time than most to think, honestly, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, too many rugby hits to the head, I think. Um, anyway, I'm not going to get into a class action lawsuit. So um, I think well, I think for me, you know, Jack, you've, you've been somebody um, who sort of springboarded. Uh, I mean, you know, I leached off you as a platform to be able to try and improve understanding and knowledge and education. And that's, you know, that has now started to grow on its own. But I think, you know, I don't think you, from looking from my point of view, you don't necessarily need to change anything. I completely agree with with the points both Mike and Joe have made around you've got an incredibly solid foundation as well as some of the best thinkers within physiotherapy at the moment. And I think, you know, you guys will be innovating of things that I couldn't even foresee. Um, you know, and I think all of us have sat there and gone, oh, why did I think of that? You know, but I think just on the foundations that you've got and keep giving people an opportunity and like joe says you know more women more students let's 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 use the platform and establishment that you have got to to give credence and credibility to people who may not have the confidence and you know i'm somebody who you know i didn't i needed to go kick up the bum to come and you know speak out and, and ask to be on the, the podcast and you know i would say like joe said it, it's not scary as long as you've got your you know tagged on or you know you translate it for some of the big words that jack used i said today i'll come on if you don't use words more than three syllables long um but you know it's it's a really really supportive environment and i think you you guys are continuing to innovate and and will continue to do so no doubt so like Mike says keep building on what you've got keep shining the light on people you know that are in shady places that's really on a matter peer of you to say so uh, <laughs> it makes me feel photosynthesis <laughs> really appreciate it. No, that's really good, guys. And of course, that's what we want to try and do. I think what's been interesting for me, and it's fascinating because you know, I'll say I certainly won't go into details, but meetings that have preceded this one on my final day, uh, at least in the office uh, today, has meant that I've realized that there's some interesting shortcomings on my own uh, work and my own leadership and my own management of relationships under under duress of time pressure, etc. that this year has brought both personally and professionally, independent of the pandemic, as you know, with my home circumstances and new kids and trying to work out a new identity that comes with that means that there's been errors that have been made in that space that, that need to be corrected for as well as then you know trying to create a format of which things are sustainable because that's important too is if we'll try and as i mentioned offer a loud hailer to my favorite people favorite ideas and, and try and make sure that we broadcast and, and and give platform to the best and brightest in order to raise standards and do better work for our patients and with our patients and give voice to our patients is that um, you know it's important for us to create systems and, and be the right people to do so. And so there's lots to reflect on, lots to learn, um, and lots of improvement, certainly for, for me and the team to, to go with. Uh, but I'm glad to hear and, uh, and fascinating. I mean, in many ways, I could have done with one of these ideas to have fallen short. 
uh, because it's given us more work. But uh, because of you guys and others, it's kind of meant that we've got more opportunities to reach more people and to hopefully influence standards for the better. Thank you as ever for all your involvement. Really appreciate it. And please do just do a quick lap telling people how they can find out a little bit more about you so they can make sure if they don't already to follow your work. Joe first. <laughs> Sorry, Jack, I didn't quite hear that. What did you want us to do? Quickly, just tell folk where they can hear more about you if they don't already follow you along. Okay. Well, if you haven't already had enough of me on three chewing over sessions, it's very self-indulgent, then um, you can get more in the new year. Um, I am starting a new podcast called You Matter, which will absolutely be a platform for the people I've just mentioned and, and everybody, the whole um, whole sphere. But don't be shy. I'll be nice to you too. And I don't know as many big words as Jack, so it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> you can also get me on LinkedIn and a little bit on Twitter now as well. Nice one. Mike? Yeah, you can find me probably three places. Clinically, find me as the endurance physio on all platforms. Business-wise, find me a sports injury fix on all platforms. And if it's CPD and learning, find me at therapistlearning.com. So I'm on um, Twitter and Instagram as at the LD Physio and also on LinkedIn at Alistair Beverly. And more work to come from Alistair, of course, that we will be promoting loudly and proudly as he develops that brand and, and does his important work, as these three do. And, and Jane and the and the girls, Megan and Georgia, well done to them. And thank you for all their hard work as well. And all the other folk that couldn't quite join us just because of timing and, and the short, uh, short uh, time frame of Mitch, I invited them today, all our former guests that have been on this show, uh, for, for making what was meant to be a bit of a plucky pilot uh, kick on and work again. Um, and so hopefully we can kick on again in the new year. So we'll be back on would it be maybe the like fourth or something like that whatever's the first sort of working monday of the of the new year we'll be back and as i promised you the volume will be turned down on our little intros and outros because that's been the core complaint that's been made is it blares in your ears and uh you know lights up the room so apologies for that but good luck see you later guys Thanks, hey everyone take care have a nice christmas bye merry christmas bye.